good news today. The 13-day BC port strike uh, seems to be over. Uh, today we learned there was a tentative deal, a 40-year deal, between the International Longshore and Warehouse Union and the B- BC Maritime Employers Association. Now, the agreement still has to be ratified uh, with the 7,400 workers uh, that have been on strike since uh, July 1st. Um, and it has um, impacted uh, the economy here in British Columbia in a significant way. You're talking about 30 ports here in our province, which, and of course the largest being the port of Vancouver, that's 63,000 shipping containers that have been stuck on vessels waiting at BC ports to be unloaded. So a significant backlog, and hopefully they can get back to work in the next few couple of days uh, as the deal is ratified. Well, joining me now to talk a little bit about the impact of the strike is Bridget Anderson, CEO of the Greater Vancouver Board of Trade. Bridget, thank you for joining us. Nice to be here, Jack. So, uh, first of all, this has got to be great news for you and your members. This is very good news uh, for our members and for all businesses and consumers in British Columbia. We are really happy to hear that a tentative deal has been reached. You spoke about the significant impact on our economy. Well, earlier this week, we launched a port shutdown calculator that helped estimate the amount of of goods that had been disrupted here. We estimated about $9.7 billion in trade disrupted as of this morning when the the tentative deal was reached. So we are very pleased to see that there is an agreement and hope that gets ratified. But now is the time that industry and government need to work together to ensure that this does not happen again. Mm -hmm. Uh, In your mind, did government just uh, let this go on for too long? Well, you talked about how many container um, ships shipments are out there. So our estimates on the container ships is about 28 that are sitting in queue, waiting to unload in Vancouver and Prince Rupert. So it is going to take time for that to happen and for operations to resume a normal kind of flow. And so while the, the strike itself was about 13 days, you know, there is this ripple or this lag effect. And looking at that, it could take weeks until we see these um, things resume to a more normal operation. And that doesn't actually include the railways. My understanding is that the railways could take even longer to recover. So the impacts of this are going to be wide felt right across the economy in Canada by businesses and consumers. And there is an impact to our international reputation as a stable and secure trading partner. That is going to take time to recover as well. Uh, when you talk about our reputation, and you know we have that uh, day advantage to to Asia, It'll, it's a little shorter to get to Asia from here. But when you look at other jurisdictions, whether it be Seattle, uh, Long Beach, uh, Los Angeles, that that area, um, the automation is remain you know it it looms large in regards to the port industry and automation in many industries quite frankly i mean is the port going to have to head in that direction in your mind in regards to introducing some automation to remain competitive never mind the labor issue but just in regards to our reputation and remaining competitive most importantly uh, because at the end of the day you have to compete you can't just go on reputation you have to compete do you think the port has to look at uh, you know at least making some move towards automation You know, that is why we're saying that government and industry need to work collectively together. We are more dependent than ever on our supply chains, and they have to remain stable and they have to remain secure. And as a port, we have to remain competitive. So as you say, 
automation is facing every industry and sector. And so there is going to have to be moves to under, to be able to em, uh, embrace technology and, and to ensure that it is part of any business model going forward. I mean, the other thing that we're calling on the federal government is to really take a look at the mechanisms that they have available and the tools in their toolkit, if you will, to address these kinds of disputes that might happen on the waterfront. You know, this was the longest strike that we've had in nearly 40 years on the waterfront. And so we're saying to the federal government, you know, you have to make sure that our supply chains are resilient. So look at the mechanisms to address disputes and also look at what can be done to ensure our supply chains remain resilient. Because we even saw during COVID, Jack, mm-hmm. I mean, all kinds of disruption. And then in November of 2021, with the flooding, I mean, we saw the impact of that. And so it just continues to add to the narrative around the fragility of Canada's dependence as a trading partner on our supply chains, which in this competitive environment, we can't afford to have that narrative attached to us. I got about 30 seconds left, and, uh, and I'm coming out of field here for a second. I just spoke to Richard Zussman on the whole drought situation. Mm-hmm. And one of the things we did talk about was impact on industry. Think about water needed for hydraulic fracturing, for natural gas extraction in the uh, north uh, northeast of our province. Think about the impact it can have on our agriculture industry as well, uh, as uh, some of our products are going to harvest, uh, whether it's uh, you know providing water to cattle, all that sort of thing. Uh, has there been any sort of conversation about droughts and the impact on business, either here in Vancouver or broadly in British Columbia? You know, I think it's a broader discussion than just water. It is about resiliency of our infrastructure overall, Mm -hmm. and that can be the ports included. It can be water. I mean, climate change is impacting every industry and sector, not unlike automation. So when when businesses are sitting down and talking, they're looking at resiliency from that broad level, um, which includes climate change, which includes what we're seeing with the hot, dry weather. So there's no way to avoid these kinds of conversations, and businesses are at the table to try and find solutions. We need government at the table to help businesses find the solutions too. Bridget, thank you so much for your time. Look forward to chatting with you about resiliency and climate change in the near future as well. Thank you. Thanks so much, Jeff.